When I write for piano, let's say if I'm writing a solo piano piece, I would tend to write at the piano. Now the weird thing is when I write for two pianos, I have not used the piano. That's very weird because it, it would make sense as a pianist, you know, wanting to come up with something very Id idiomatic. But I, I think I don't do it because then I start getting all worked up or bound up into what my hands are doing. And I find that if I get away from the piano, if I'm writing for two pianos or if I'm using piano with other instruments, it's it's really liberating because then I'm thinking more of the structure and the music. I think I'm probably better off not writing at the piano and I often don't. You know, I think that I carry notebooks around me and I can s sketch things, you know, it, especially counterpoint. I can't, writing counterpoint at the piano, the hands just get in the way. That's pianist composer Jed Disler talking about his creative process. Jed is a marvelous pianist, and so here he's talking about when he composes at the piano and when he composes away from the piano, which sounds like it's anything that is more than the piano, including if it's two pianos. And we heard a piece of his for two pianos. It's called Loose Changes, performed by Quatrimani. We heard two movements of it. This piece is actually for 10 consecutive movements meant to be played without a break. So I didn't exactly do it justice here in the opening, but fear not, we're going to return to it at the end of the program and play it the way it's meant to be heard. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. Today's program is called Pianist Composers. There are a lot of composers like Jed who play the piano at a very, very high level. And I've always been curious about their compositional process. How much of this is coming from an improvisation at the piano? How much of this is written at the piano period? You know, the piano is simultaneously a wonderful instrument that we all love, but it's also a tool for composing, a very good tool for composing. And for hundreds of years, composers, even those who don't play the piano, have used the piano as a tool. And it's kind of a double-edged sword when you think about it. It's perfectly set up for composition. It's laid out visually. You can play the harmonies that you want to hear. But on the other hand, it can be somewhat limiting. If you're always writing at the piano, perhaps it's not really an orchestra piece you're writing. Perhaps it's a piano piece that was then arranged for the orchestra. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. And I thought when I was interviewing Jed in his home on the upper west side of New York recently, and he was talking about all of these things. I thought, this is a really interesting subject I want to delve into. So we're going to feature five pianist composers on the program today. I'm going to play their music that they've written for the piano, and we're going to talk about how much their skills as a pianist have helped them as a composer, and how much maybe it's been perhaps a hindrance. As I said, I had the idea for this program when I talked with Jed in his home not too long ago, and the first thing I was curious about was improvisation. How much of his music that he's writing at the piano is the result of an improvisation? Certain ideas come from improvisation, but I think the process is very different. I think if I'm, if I'm improvising, I'm in the moment, and I'm dealing with being in the moment and getting out of a mistake or how to justify an idea that I didn't plan on doing. Kind of, and it's kind of like you're acting. Certain ideas can come from that, but I think it's a combination of thinking ahead and thinking more of the, the structures. And uh, I think about in composing, getting the proportions right sometimes there can be miscalculations with that. Uh, one technique that I use is if I'm composing something and I know that something needs to be a certain number of minutes, 
or it has to have a feeling of a certain number of minutes, but I don't know yet what the notes are. I'll sketch something out, or maybe I'll just have a melody line. And I walk around the room, and I see how this feels in my body. I think there's a physicality to that that's just as important as how it can work uh, theoretically. That's Jed Disler talking about the role of improvisation in the music that he writes at the piano, when he writes at the piano, which is not always, not every time. Let's hear a piece he wrote now for the toy piano. It's called Three Landscapes for Peter Wire, who is a colleague. And we're going to hear Margaret Lang Tan performing the music of Jed Disler.
That's music by composer-pianist Jed Disler. The piece is called Three Landscapes for Peter Wire. It's a really aggressive but fun piece for the toy piano, and we heard the queen of the toy piano performing Margaret Lang Tan, for whom it was written. I'm featuring music on the program today by composer-pianists. The idea is these are composers who are using the piano kind of simultaneously as a tool, but also as their instrument, the instrument through which they express themselves. And some of them, of course, actually think of the piano as a bit of a liability in the compositional process. As Jed said, he tries to get away from it when he's writing for a larger piece. I think that's pretty interesting. So we're playing five different composer-pianists on the program. And next up is Timo Andres, who was a bit of an obvious choice for me, one of the first people that I thought of when I was thinking about this program, because he's having a great career in both regards. As a pianist, he's performing quite a lot. He seems to have a special affinity for the Mozart piano concertos. And as a composer, he's a member of the Sleeping Giant Collective, which is doing really, really well. He's been commissioned by people like Jonathan Biss, the New York Philharmonic, uh, some of the biggest names out there in classical music. And I found this on his website that I thought was really, really interesting. He says, I've never thought of myself as a capital P pianist. Playing the piano constitutes roughly half my job, though it seems to function mostly as a tool that helps me slowly become a better musician by applying compositional ideas interpretively and vice versa. I tend to learn music best by putting my hands on it. So this is a really kinesthetic approach to writing. He wants to physically touch and play everything that he puts down on the page. There are an awful lot of pieces that he's written for the piano. It was difficult to narrow it down, but I decided that we would feature a piece called Homestretch. And this was written for the pianist David Kaplan and conceived as a companion piece to Mozart's Piano Concerto Number 12. The piece is about 18 minutes long, and although it was written for another pianist, we have a recording of Timo himself playing it with the Metropolitan Ensemble. Here's an excerpt of Home Stretch by Timo Andres. Thank you. 
That's a piano concerto by Timo Andres, who we also heard performing at the piano with the Metropolitan Ensemble. The piece is called Home Stretch. It was written as a companion piece to Mozart's piano concerto number 12, but he also wanted to reflect the personality of the person for whom he wrote it, David Kaplan, who apparently is very interested in fast cars, and so he does this really wild thing with the tempos. It starts off very slow, gradually builds more speeds, but there are places in the piece where there are multiple tempos going on simultaneously as well. You may have heard that. That's music by Timo Andres, a composer who says he performs at the piano. In fact, he likes to put his hands on everything that he writes. He likes to physically touch the music, as it were, at the piano. I'm featuring pianist composers on the program today. I had this idea when I was talking with Jed Disler about his approach to composing for the piano. I think it's really a fascinating thing how somebody who can play the piano very, very well approaches writing for that instrument, both in terms of it being an asset that they play the piano, but also perhaps a bit of a liability sometimes as well. I think Timo Andres and Jed Disler are two of the highest profile composer pianists, but I wanted to do some research and find some people that maybe you don't know. And I came across this piece by a composer pianist Jessica Crash. It's called Second Hand, and I really, really enjoy this piece quite a lot. It's for solo piano, and we're going to hear the composer herself performing. It's in three movements with the kind of intriguing titles Used Philosophy, Used Poetry, and Used Opera. Here is Jessica Crash to perform her own music.
That's music by Jessica Crash, K-R-A-S-H. She is a composer, pianist, and the piece is called Second Hand. And in this case, it's not secondhand clothes. <laughs> it's a broader idea than that. The piece is in three movements. They are called Used Philosophy, Used Poetry, and Used Opera. Somewhat prosaic titles. I really like that piece. This is something I discovered when I was researching this show. There were several pianist composers that came to my mind immediately, but I wanted to delve a little bit more deeply. And as always happens, I'm glad that I did. I was rewarded by finding this piece by Jessica Crash. We heard her performing her own music. I'm going to play a piece now by Chinese composer Bright Shang, who is a pianist and a composer. Not surprisingly, that is the theme of our show, after all. But he's kind of a triple threat, too, because he's a conductor. But I chose him because he has a very interesting creative process. We've talked about composers who work away from the piano. We've talked about composers who work at the piano. Well, Bright Shang kind of does both. This is what he says. My normal composing process is this. I think about a new piece first while taking walks. I start to hear sounds, and I process them. I pick the music that excites me. It could be an interesting beginning for a piece, or a middle section, or an ending. As I take more walks, I hear more. Each time, I hear more details. Finally, I figure everything out at the piano, note by note. I love that idea, simultaneously composing while taking notes, and then going to the piano to kind of get it all into musical form. The piece I want to play is called Four Movements for Piano Trio. I picked it for many reasons. It's a fantastic piece, musically, of course, but it's also a big piece for Bright Shang. It was a runner-up for the Pulitzer Prize, and it is uh, an expansion on an earlier work he wrote for Peter Serkin for solo piano that was called My Song, which was composed at the piano, and it combines Chinese musical elements with Western musical elements, which is something that Bright Shang is known for and which, for my money, he does better than anyone else out there. The piece is in four movements. We'll hear the first two. Here is Bright Shang at the piano with Nicholas Savaris, cello, and Wei Gong Li, violin.
That was an excerpt of Four Movements for Piano Trio by composer, pianist, and conductor Bright Sheng. We heard the first two movements performed by Nicholas Savaras, cello, Wei Gong Li, violin, and Bright Sheng himself at the piano. This was really a big hit for him because it was a runner-up for the Pulitzer Prize, and it's an expansion of a really popular piece he wrote for pianist Peter Serkin, a solo piano piece called My Song that combines elements of Chinese and Western music. We certainly heard that in the music and it's definitely something that Bright Chang does at a very high level. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. My theme today is pianist composers, composers who are very good pianists, and does that help them or hinder them in their compositional process? To subscribe to our podcast for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, or for a complete playlist of the music featured on the program today, you can visit relevanttones.com. Let's return to the composer-pianist who started this whole exploration of composer-pianists. That's Jed Disler. I had the great chance to go to his 60th birthday concert at Symphony Space, where he programs the Steinway series. And it was a really magical evening in many ways. He opened up the program with like a 25-minute work he had written many years ago. And I, there's everything in that piece but the kitchen sink. I mean, it was incredible. There's there's jazz in there, serialism, minimalism. I mean, just uh, so many different things. This is a, a composer who's far-ranging in terms of musical styles. He's listened to so many things and synthesized all of these in such an interesting way. I knew I wanted to talk to him about his music. But then our conversation really went all over the map, also probably not surprising. We talked about improvisation and writing at the piano versus writing away from the piano, and I thought all these things were, were very interesting. And so that is where I got the idea to explore the music of five different composer pianists on the program today. But I want to play a piece by Jed. I want to return, in fact, to the piece with which we opened the program, Loose Changes. It's a piece made up of small movements that are seemingly unconnected, but I do connect them after a while. I think the reason that these are short, unconnected pieces is that when I had the commission, I was so excited that I had so many ideas that I didn't know what to do. So I thought, oh heck, I'm just gonna use all my ideas. But but certainly I think that they, they do fall into each other and, and sometimes there are seamless connections and there are two pieces where the pianists have similar material but they approach it differently and then sometimes there's material that is quoted from earlier on. It opens with something that you might call minimalist, but it sounds more like scales and arpeggios gone wild. That's Jed Disler talking about the piece we're about to hear. It's called Loose Changes. It's for two pianos. So if you heard the beginning of the program, you know that Jed actually wrote this away from the piano, which I find to be a very interesting thing. And it's going to be performed by the wonderful piano duo Quattro Mani, Susan Grace and Alice Rybach, who also commissioned the piece. The piece is written in 10 short movements that are meant to be played consecutively without a pause between them. So that's how we're going to do it on the program right now. Here is Quattro Mani to perform Loose Changes, by Jed Disler.
That's music by Jed Disler. The piece is called Loose Changes. It was performed by Quattromani, Susan Grace, and Alice Ryback. I find it incredible that that piece for two pianos was composed away from the piano. But Jed told me that he only composes solo piano music at the piano. He does incorporate improvisation quite a bit, but not always. And if he's going to write for two pianos or any other instrumentation, he likes to compose away from the piano. That's my theme on the program today, pianist-composers. A lot of composers use the piano as a tool for composing, whether they play it well or not. But when you do play it well, it's easy to kind of lean on this skill quite a bit, and it can be a, a bit of a hindrance after a while because you can, you can find yourself in a rut. So I'm exploring the ways that five different pianist-composers use their piano skills in their compositions. The last of our composer pianists is Joan Tower, who has had such an incredible career. First of all, she was the founding pianist of the Da Capo Chamber Players, which are, I think, one of the most important contemporary music ensembles, probably of all time. I mean, they commissioned some of the most fascinating pieces of the late 20th, early 21st centuries. They're still going today. It's, It's just a great achievement to have started that group. She was performing with them for quite a long time as a pianist. And as a composer, oh my goodness, where do you even begin? (laughs) Her career is just absolutely incredible. I mean, she has performed all over the world, all the time. Her chamber music, her orchestra works, her piano works. And she broke a lot of ground for female composers. There are a lot of younger women composers who cite her as an absolute inspiration in their careers. And her music is fantastic. She's one of my personal favorite composers. Well, this interesting interview that she gave to the Library of Congress in which she talks about her creative process. She says, I compose at the piano. I like performing the music that I compose, and I'm interested in the real-time connection. In order to get that, in order to know what that connection is, I have to live it in real time. So she's sitting at the piano, living this music in real time, as she says. She goes on to say, Beethoven and Stravinsky, two of my biggest influences, worked in the same way. They were both extraordinary performers. They both composed at the piano. There's another element of this that I hadn't actually thought of, though. I found an interview with her in which she talks about music that was composed at the piano that really is piano music and would never translate well into another medium. And then she talked about music that could never work as a piano piece. She says, my music is tied up with color quite a bit. I mentioned that Chopin can't be done except on the piano. But at the same time, you can't reduce Berlioz's orchestrations to the piano. It just dies immediately. The action is so located in the color of the orchestra. My music is somewhere in between. Let's hear a piece called the Dumbarton Quintet. In this piece, she's definitely influenced by the music of Shostakovich, another great pianist composer. This is a a darker piece, really, than what you normally think of, of Joan Tower. And it's beautifully performed here by Blair McMillan and the Daedalus Quartet. It's about a 13-minute piece, so we're going to hear as much as we can in the time that we have left on the program.
That's an excerpt of Dumbarton Quintet, really a phenomenal piece by Joan Tower. It's influenced by the sound of Shostakovich, really a a darker, kind of a sardonic sound. To me, it's a little bit different than Tower's normal music, but I love that piece. I think it's it's absolutely gorgeous writing. That If I played that for you and didn't tell you who it was by, I'm not sure you would think it was a 20th century composer. I mean, it's really rooted in a more romantic kind of language. And of course, Shostakovich, the inspiration for the piece, was also a pianist composer, like Joan Tower herself. Again, the piece is Dumbarton Quintet. We heard Blair McMillan at the piano, performing with the Daedalus Quartet. It's just five pianist composers, but there are so, so many more. It's, it's a fascinating topic, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. So if you have a strong feeling one way or another, drop us a line at RelevantTones.com. Relevant Tones has been produced by Sarah Zwinklis and is made possible by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music and the listener supporters of WFMT. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks, I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network Chicago.